0: Or in other words, because God's house there, that's where God has set His name. And there's a day, I'm amazed right now, especially as you watch, isn't it amazing when people say, well, I don't know if the Bible's real, and and I don't know if I can believe in God. Isn't it amazing that the whole world... And every the the right now the two major world powers, us and Russia, are now somehow integrated and and working and negotiated and intertwined in the affairs in this little little, itty bitty spot on the map. And every time something happens within some of these nations, immediately, instead of talking about different people, why do they all keep wanting to go attack Israel? I'd be mean, like Israel. Just some people come back and they establish their home, and they've been living there. And, and you follow the history. I don't want to get into all that. But for some reason, well, we're gonna wipe them out. Wipe them out. Wipe them out. Nobody's wiping. I mean, it's like nobody going. Hey, let's go to Bolivia. If you know Syria say, hey, if you attack us, we're bombing Bolivia. Right. Well, why not? Why are you just picking on them? Do you understand? And so God has set Israel as is such a vital point where God has declared who He is. God said, I will de- reveal myself to the nation through my people Israel. The world will know me through them. And, and, and there's some things happening right now, especially when you read prophecy, you read things going on. Always make the distinction of what God does in this time. The Bible says that we are in the time of the Gentile. And there's some things happening in Israel and happening... Uh, 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 in the world right now prophetically and things that are happening. But over here on this side, we're in this dispensation of grace where the time of the Gentiles has come in. And this is a one-on-one. And God said, I will reveal myself to the nations through my nation Israel, but I reveal myself one-on-one through my body in the earth which is the church. So there's individual evangelism and the message of who Christ is and the Savior of the world coming one-on-one through you and I to the church. And we're to go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we preach it one person to another person to another person. And we can reach nations that way. But God is not revealing Himself to the nations through His church. He reveals Himself through Israel his people and God will judge the nations by their actions towards his nation amen but when it comes down on -on one-on-one we're that one-on-one message and part of the word of the Lord this morning was that God has prepared us he shot our feet to go and to be that light and to bring that truth in our generation amen Praise the Lord. And so, for you and I, it's important that we make some clear distinctions. And uh, I I hear a lot of stuff I told the men this morning, and and, and I make statements like this, but it's good for you to study and to work out. I believe Sean's doing a message with the church, with the youth on on Wednesday nights on what's so amazing about grace and talking about grace. But I love when you really study grace. Grace in the Bible is always connected to an answer on our behalf that we could not provide on our own. We are saved by grace. How many know you can't save yourself? I love, and, and he, he posted a scripture that said, what about Ephesians 4 and verse 16, that, that, that by grace we can come, and we've given access to come before the throne of grace to find help in our time of need. So even when we come before the throne of grace, what we find there is help or an answer to our need. God always provides grace for our weakness, strength. Amen. Made perfect in weakness. Hallelujah. But there's a lot of people and a lot of grace that's being taught that's taking us down a different path in a different direction. And people people forget, when I went to Israel, I told you, you go to Israel and you see God is keeping His covenant with His people while He's keeping His word to the church. There's a parallel work that's happening. Hello? And so, if you don't make that distinction, everybody blends everything together, and it's all this, and it's all one, and, and we lose this, but God has made some very specific promises to His people Israel that have yet to come to pass. And so, there's a teaching, and, and I feel like it's important to say this this morning, there's teaching out there that says, I know it says that, but this is what it means. Well, no, I don't think so. If it says that, that's exactly what it means. Well, no, the other meaning. Well, it has another meaning because you have a little book and you have it written there. And you're able to open up and you're able to dig down and find out all the scriptures and the meaning of that. And that word was used it was used in this tenth and in that way. How many of you are thinking that way right now? You're like dissecting every word I'm saying. You're writing it down so you can go home and get your dictionary out. And say, when he said that, was he really meaning this? No, you, you don't listen or, or you don't hear a message or a proclamation and then dissect it the way we word it with the Word of God. Uh, I think Pastor Tim Delina shared a post that was by, I forget who it was by, but it says the more intelligent we become, the dumber we are. Because we've gotten so smart at breaking, the word means this and this word means that. But when you heard the word, if you were walking with Jesus, how many know that people weren't sitting there as they were listening to Jesus' sermon? Hey, look up that word in the concordance and tell me what it means. What's that say in your translation? How's that read? No, you you had to listen and be attentive and you paid attention to what you heard because that was going to be your only chance to hear it. Amen? And many of what was said, it said it just went on, he preached the same thing, went over, preached it here, preached it there. And if you're following him, you probably heard the same message over and over again. Are you with me? So it's important that we don't divide things up and get things straightened out, but stay with truth. Let, Let me go with this for the next few moments here. Look at the cover of your outline. I think about how many things in life we refer to going back to. People want to go back to special times where memories were good. Some wish they could go back in time to a day in life they think was simpler and possibly easier. When Pastor Sue and I were in Bieber, we we had a guy who wanted to be a mountain man and uh, so he owned a mule he had everything set up he had a ponytail he worked for the corrections department and he had a really long ponytail so when he went to work he had to tie it up on his head and he wore a short wig and that so he could keep his ponytail but when he came home man he put on his leathers he let down his hair and 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 he was like uh, grizzly adams man and he wanted to live there he had his own teepee he went on ride he had black powder he did he could throw a hatchet and stick it into a tree i mean he wanted to be like jeremiah johnson or something that's where he wanted to Lived. I mean, if I could live there, that would be the life. So he, he was here, but he wanted to live there. Because somehow that would be simpler, that would be better. But you know what? I am not convinced. <laughs> Praise the Lord. There are some amenities I prefer now. Amen? <laughs> Hallelujah. One is toilet paper. Praise the Lord. <laughs> some wish they could go back to an opportunity that was missed. Others wish they could go back and recreate a moment. And they try to from time to time. We have things, oh man, let's re- remember when we did that? That was a great moment. Let's go back. Maybe we could create that. No, that was that moment. And you can't recreate it. You get to cherish it and hold on to it and remember it. But you can't recreate it. Some fear going back because of the pain that was there. But no matter what the case or the motivation, it's impossible to go back. But we can come back. And we read, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house. Let us come back to the house of God. Not go back, but let's come back. Let's remember something. Let's rebuild and let's reestablish something that maybe we let slip. But we can come back. We can return in heart. We can return in principle, in truth, in conviction, and in desire by building upon that which was good and laying aside that which was not. So we're all faced with the need of going back while still moving forward. Think about this. What if we would go back to our days of innocence? What if you could do that? Have you ever thought about that? I hear people and... uh, uh, we're going through some family situations, and my father-in-law was talking to his daughter, Sue, and, and he said, you know, I, if, I, if I had it to do over again, we, rem, we all reminisce, amen? None of you have ever said, man, if I had that to do over again, I would do that differently. Anybody said that besides me? We've all thought that way. If I could just go back, knowing what I know now. So what if we could go back to our days of innocence? Would we choose to do so? Would we choose to go back and undo choices that were made too early, too rashly, too spontaneously, and not from the wisdom we knew at that moment, but we chose to set it aside for the moment we were in? I love about you, there's choices I made that I had wisdom that said no, but I set that wisdom aside and chose the moment that I was in over that. What if we could go back to the place where we know that the choice we made in that moment reshaped our future? Some of us think about that today. I wonder, would we choose differently? Would we be able to choose wisely this time? We've all looked back and thought about the what ifs and the I wish I would have with the wisdom and experience gained from our past and are fully convinced that we would make the better choice this time. But the only reason we make it is because you learn from the bad choice. Oh, so it'd be nice if we had all the experience of wrong before we were wrong. That would be so helpful. Amen. But think about it. Maybe we would. If we could go back with what we've learned and with that wisdom. But listen, not every choice and experience, though bad, was bad. Though some of them, Through some of them, God was able to move us to the place where we would respond to His call and to His return. Sometimes our testimony is connected to where wrong took us. And at that point, we came to ourselves. Amen? And so, there was a return in our life and we came back. So think about it. We think our choices would have made our life better, but many of them could have. But hear me this morning, never lose sight of God's grace at work in your life when you were making all the wrong choices. I think about it all the time. I think about the stuff I did before I got saved, and I'm convinced that amazing grace was upon my life. I'm fully convinced. I had 14 auto accidents before I got saved. One of them, one of them, I was on my way to high school as a junior in high school. I I, I had bought a, a, my second car that I ever owned was a Volkswagen and I bought it and uh, on on the way, I was driving it and on the way to school one morning, uh, a lady ran a stop sign and, and I hit her broadside and I went through the windshield and uh, so I had 280 stitches in my face, across my forehead, and that, and uh, in my ear here, and everything else. That's why this eyebrow's higher than this, one, I'm not <laughs> than that. So anyway, and uh, <laughs> and so then after that, I recovered, and and then Volkswagens are cool because you just go down the side of the frame and you unscrew a few bolts. You can lift the whole body off and put another one right on. It's awesome. Amen. So I got a new body. I put that on, and, and this one was cool. It had the the, the uh, accordion flop top, rag top on Man, it. Was, it was way awesome. I'd put like dune buggy tires on the back. I'd made it cool and stuff. And so the, I'd driven it for just about a week, and so I, I'm getting ready. And I was going to go fishing this weekend, and I pull out of our driveway, and I'm heading down the road, and I reach over in the glove box like this. When I did, I turned the wheel like this, and uh, so I, I went over on that side of the road, and I hit the gravel, and I spun, so then I jerked the wheel back, being the experienced driver of 16 and a half that I was. So I jerked the wheel back, and the car flipped sideways, and now I'm headed back the other direction, but still moving in that direction. And I hit the bank on the other side and go up and flip it over and flip it again. So I go, wow. But all the time, I, I crawl out. I just crawl out. I go, man, this car is cursed. <laughs> but 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 just other th- I mean, just other things that we did. I had one accident with a friend. I mean, sometimes you're in an accident, it's not even your fault. I, I had a friend come get me because they were partying. He didn't want me to miss out on the party. He comes and gets me, and he was in a state where he should not have been driving. And so I but hey, I get in anyway. I mean, no, that was not the right choice. So if I could have that over. So I get in, he driving, and I'm telling him, Jimmy, if you wreck, I'm going to beat the fire out of you. I said a little different word, but I said, I'm going to beat the fire out of you. Do not wreck. Slow down. Do not wreck. Well, we come around this one corner. Sure enough, he hits the bank. We go down in the, on the overpass. We go down, roll down the hill, land on the roof. I land on top of him and proceeded to beat the fire out of him. So that was not my fault. All right? But you go through all these and you think about, God, how do you keep me alive? How did you keep me alive? How did you do that? We moved here. We moved here. We, we, we have a van where Sean's out visiting and, and some kids have come down from Bernie and they went to youth camp. And we're heading back to Bernie. We're going down uh, the Bass Lake grade and right at the bottom of the hill. We're having fun. We've gotten donuts, man. I got, I got my bucket seats in the van. I got my donut down there, my chocolate milk. And we're driving. And I reach down to get my chocolate milk and I look up and BAM! And somebody in the left lane had decided to go all the way to the right lane, three cars in front of us, stop the traffic, everybody locked up. So we hit this lady, they rolled up and hit another guy and stuff, and we in there, our vans it, we all get out and nobody's hurt. Great grace. And so that makes 15 car wrecks if you're keeping count, because that's after I was saved. Amen. But I'm just if we think about it, in all of our choices and the things happened, doing drugs and the stupid things we did, the activities we did and stuff, great grace was upon our life. We think, well, if I would go back, I would undo all those choices. But sometimes it's good just to look back and say, God, your grace was so amazing in my life. Your hand was upon me. And even I was making bad choices. It's not always necessary for me to go back and fix them. It's important for me to be aware that you... You are with me always. You never leave me nor forsake me. You're beside me always. So I'm going to go back to the place where I just remember that. That even when everything was bad, you got me to the place where you could be good in my life. Somebody ought to say amen. So think about that. But yet that is not the type of returning that God calls us to. When He calls us to our future, it's not by rebuilding on our path. Sometimes, man, if I go back and rebuild my path, I could fix that. I I love what I heard somebody say, and it just works good. Because God never consults your past to plan your future. Because your future was ordained before you made any choice that became your past. When you were born, you were born with God's destiny for you upon your life. Nothing is made. God doesn't form us and then try to figure out. Like, 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 like little, what's his name? Jonah. Is that right? Yeah. Little Jonah's born and God's not going, man, another kid? What am I going to do with him? Yeah. <laughs> Any ideas? <laughs> Hurry. We have to assign purpose. Purpose. No, God knew Jonah was coming at 1.30 yesterday morning, or this morning, that, that Jonah would arrive, that that car would be a week overdue, and that he would weigh 9 pounds and 8 ounces, and he would be 21 and 3 quarter inches long. And she would be going, Thank you, Jesus. Amen. <laughs> but anyway, He's born with purpose. He's born with that purpose. And God always sees you With that in mind. And so when you and I come to Him, and we come back to God, He reunites us with what we were always meant to be. He's not consulting our path. He's trying to get you to forget your path, so He can release you to your future. Somebody ought to say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so it's important that we understand that with God. So He is the one who calls us to that place. He is the God of the past in that He has never changed. He is the consistent one. If we go back, He would be the same there as He is today. Hebrews 13 and 8 declares about Jesus that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. If you go back, you will find God the same. When you go forward, you will find God the same. So if He was the same there, and He's going to be the same there, He is the same right here. Amen? Malachi 3 and verse 6, God said, I am the Lord thy God, I change not. Therefore, you have not been consumed, O house of Jacob. God has revealed Himself the same from generation to generation. The return that He calls us to is first to Him. He never calls us to go back, but to come back, which is a call that moves us forward into restoration. And I think about it, even in our Christian life, we get caught up, and sometimes, how many know you, you don't have to leave a place to leave a place? There there are people in relationships who are gone, but they're still cohabitating. You're there, but you're not there. You're gone in your heart. You're gone in your attitude. You're you're gone in your investment. You're gone in your emotions. You're you're gone in, 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 in your feelings about the whole thing. But yet, you're still dwelling there. But what if I went back? I tell couples all the time. I said, hey, when did you lose the romance? When did you fall out of love? When did you quit dating? And isn't it amazing that God doesn't tell us to come back from a place, but to come back to something inside of it. When Jesus spoke to the church, He said, Hey, return to your first love. And that's an amazing thing that happened. I tell couples, when I talk with them, said, Hey, there was a day you looked at each other. And I know it's hard to believe, but you actually liked each other. And you said you love each other. And you moved towards each other and you gave things up for each other. Why not go back there? Why not just, you can't go back to that day, but you can go back to what was in you on that day. You, you can recommit to that. You can fall in love again. Go back and romance one another again. Go back and think about, and, and, and think about the good. Because life comes with stuff. I wish it didn't. Pastor Sue's life came with me as her stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and we still have dates, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah, and do stuff. But, but see, you make it, you make it through, you make it. But going back to some things that can be renewed. So the return he calls us to is first to him. He never called us to go back, but to come back. And it moves us forward into restoration. Hear me this morning. The devil always wants you to look back. To carry the pain of your past into each day of your life. Keeping you cut off from all the hope of your future. God calls us to return back to where we are clean and free from the guilt and pain of our past. To the place where we are free to love, free to live, and free to be all that he has purposed for us to be. When we accept his invitation back, he reveals, every, he heals every wound, restores every heart, renews every life, lifts every burden, destroys every yoke of bondage, and renews our hope for the plans in the future that he has for us, which is greater than the pain in our past. We don't have to go back. And ask for a do-over because Christ came and did away with our past so we could have the promise of our future in Him. Amen? Colossians 2 and verse 14 is a powerful verse. It says, every handwriting of ordinance that was against it. See, when we think about going back, that if I could go back and fix that bad decision, if I could go back and make up for that mistake, you don't have to go back. Because when Jesus came, every ordinance and every failure and every transgression of your life and my life was nailed to the cross by him. And so if it was written against you, then it was placed up there. And what was written against you was placed between his hands and the cross. And when it was nailed there, it was nailed there as paid in full. So even if we could go back, even if we had all the wisdom, there is no need to go back because He went there for us, He redeemed us from that, and the word redemption means to pay the full value of purchasing as your own. And so Paul wrote and he says, you were bought with the price, you were bought out of the bondage of your past. you were set free from that, and now you're completely free in the Lord Jesus Christ. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Hallelujah. And so Romans chapter 5, I love it. Turn there with me and we'll read this before we close. Romans chapter 5. Beginning in verse 6. When we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. You know what, there's a lot of times I tried to fix my life, but I never had the strength to do it. Oh, I had the strength to quit doing heroin by doing other drugs. I know it sounds weird, but that's what I did. But it didn't change my attitude or my lifestyle. I I just decided I'm not going to be addicted to that anymore. And, And I made a will choice and I changed. There's power in our will. We have more power than we give ourselves credit for. Quit listening to the mindset of today that tells you you're a victim about everything. The reason you are the way you are is because somebody or something or life did something. No, mostly just because we're stupid. And so we take the excuse of a victim mentality to make up for our bad choices so it's not our fault because I was dropped, I wasn't dropped, I was held, I wasn't held, I was loved, I wasn't loved, I was fed, I wasn't fed, I was clothed, whatever I had, I didn't have, I w- they They were, they weren't, they did, they didn't, they could, they couldn't, so therefore I am. It it's ridiculous. Amen? If I could look in a mirror strung out and addicted to heroin and say, I don't want to be this way anymore and then quit, come on, we have some power of choice. There's power in our will. More power than you agree. The, The devil said, no you don't. You have no power. You have no hope. You have no power. You have no hope. You're a victim. You have no power. You have no hope. We go, okay. You know what that means? You're more stoned than I was. Amen. Romans chapter 5. Listen. For when we were without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet perhaps for a good man, someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates His own love towards us. And while we were still sinners... Christ died for us. Look at verse 9. Much more then, having now been justified by His blood, we shall be saved from wrath through Him. For even when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son. Much more, having been reconciled, we shall be saved by His life. And not only that, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have now received the reconciliation. Amen. That means all of your books in heaven balance. The moment you say yes to God with your life and you receive the atonement of Christ upon the cross for your life, you personally accept that and receive that. Your books are balanced in heaven. There's nothing to go back and make up for. And you need to have the confidence. You need to know that. You need to be able to say that to the devil in his face. I am redeemed. My bills are paid for. My past is forgiven. You don't let an old bill collector come and try and collect on a bill that is fully paid. Come on, you have a zero balance. Somebody ought to say amen. In Christ. Therefore, Excuse me, there are many things that I can return to in my heart. I can return to my true identity of who I am in Christ. It's time for the church to once again believe in who we are in Christ. I can accept and receive and live by His restored value in my life. And I can break free from the backward look and be released to His forward direction for my life towards a hope in the future He has already planned for my life. Amen? I'm going to ask the worship team to come back as they get this video ready. This week I'm meditating on this and it was interesting yesterday and driving to Stockton to do the memorial service for Sally and the different songs that were coming on the radio and things tying in and hearing things and even meditating on the message for this morning and I began hearing songs that some of them were talking about uh, identities and stuff. One song started out said, it, it, it's on Caleb. But it says, My name is rejection. I thought, wow. And it started, it started talking about these voices that give identities to us. But then the whole thing is, is that there's another voice that comes and tells us who we really are. Right. Amen? And then, as we we're coming back, this song by Big Daddy Weave came on. And it is powerful. And if you look on the back of your outline, you'll see the lyrics to the song. And so I pulled it up. I was looking for the lyrics. And the video on YouTube by the band came up. And the leader of the band, is talking about why, how this song came about. And I said, thank you, Lord. That is so powerful because it completely illustrates and says what we've been talking about, identity, value, and direction. But how another voice tries to tell us, and things say, you go back. Come on, you, there's nothing to go back to. Paul said, this one thing I do, I forget the past. And while you're trying to do that, the devil is always the great reminder and the great accuser. Yes, amen. amen? But you need to learn this. So if you have that ready, go ahead. If you'll turn off the main house lights, guys. Somebody help me. I thought it was ready. Bill, you play something. Please. You can turn these front lights back on right here, guys. I don't need all the lights off. Turn the stage lights on. Father, I thank You this morning that no matter what, no matter what, the enemy tries to say to us, no matter how voices come to accuse us, no matter how life has tried to label us, no matter how people used by an adversary have tried to defeat us, to restrict us, to hold us down, to tell us we're unworthy, we're unable and unqualified. Father, we know today that that is never your voice to us. And we know that You, by Your Spirit, always speak to us of the plans that You have for us. And by Your grace, You come to us. Lord, each one of us in this room can look back. And if we just pause and think, Father, we can see where Your grace was upon us. Times we should have had An accident that could have been fatal. Times that things could have turned out worse than they did. Times when things could have been devastating. But your grace was there. Because of your purpose within us. And you had Peter write these words. That you are not willing that anyone would perish. But that everyone would come to repentance. So God, by Your grace, You were giving us space for repentance. And Father, there might be someone here today and that's exactly where they are. You brought them to this place and You've given them space for repentance to come back into that restored relationship. Not to go back, but to come back. Father, I pray right now that we would do that. That that person would come back to you, to your love. Father, I thank you today that maybe there's some of us here and we just need to look. Might be somebody, that couple that's struggling in their home today. And God, by your grace, you'd help them see that they can't go back and fix a problem but they can come back to the place in their heart where they began and they could build from there forward leaving the past forgiving forgetting and moving forward by your grace father maybe some of us we've been in your house but we haven't been here we've allowed Issues and circumstances to make us disconnected and when we get there everything becomes personal and we take things personal when there's nothing personal about it. Father, we could come back to that place where you were all that mattered. Nothing bothered us because we knew who you were, how you saw us and you were showing us who we are in and through your Son, Christ. Father, I pray for each today, God, that we would come back to that. More than just coming back to church and being in this house on that day. But, Father, coming back to that place that we are all that you made us to be. Hallelujah. Go ahead, God.
1: I've struggled a lot in my life with the issues of personal acceptance and self worth. And during a really low point in that struggle,
0: a couple moments, God's going to do something amazing. Some of you, God's going to invade your life in a very serious way. And that truth that He just said is going to happen for you right here in this moment. God brought you here for this kairos moment, He ordained this day. You've been some of you have been coming to this church for years, even over a decade and things, but that part of your past and what he said in seeing yourself redeemed and receiving the fullness of his redemption in your life in these next few moments during this song. I believe the anointing of God's gonna fall and God's gonna do something dynamic in some hearts here. And I just ask you to be open, be free to respond and move as the Holy Spirit leads you. Go ahead, guys. That voice has said, You're unworthy. Just, that song came on yesterday, and everything got speaking in my heart. And lately, just this push, I hear people and they just struggle with believing they're redeemed. And outside voices. Stripping away the value that God has set upon them. Some of you, the power of God set down on you while he was singing that song. Would you just move quickly to this altar? God was speaking to you. That's you. Shake off these heavy chains. Wipe away every stain because I'm not who I used to be that's not me that old man inside of me that's not me he doesn't control my life he doesn't own my life this is a fight that's already been won you've been set free Becomes a reality for you today. Every now and then, God gives us some moment where He does something in our life. It's what we call a kairos moment. It's a it's a now moment. You can't recreate it. You're not going to get back to it. It's not going to be on the tape. It's not going to be on the CD. It's a now moment. It's because you were here. You were now. And in this moment, God came. In this moment here. To do for you what nothing else can do. He comes to the place of your weakness. By the grace of of his strength to free you you are not who you used to be you are not who you used to be the moment you come to christ you are not who you knew to be you are born again you are new in christ you are new you are new hallelujah Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. There's four people you're resisting God right now. He's trying to set you free. Four people. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just move. Just move. Say yes to God. Just move. God, yes. I don't want to be, I don't want to live with that voice. And, and you're trying, you're doing great, you have great effort, good effort, good job. Out of But all that's in your strength. When you were without strength, He came. God's not asking you to do any of this in your strength. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. Go ahead, guys. Just lead us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you for what you do in hearts and lives. Thank you for what you do in our hearts and in our lives, God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. Yes. Thank you,
1: Lord.
0: Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God. Only you. It's your strength, it's your grace, it's your power, God. I could
1: chew on as you draw me. I'm desperate for you. Yes,
0: God.
1: I'm desperate for you. Yes, God.
0: Raba baba raba
1: Thank as well sea grace on
0: A I'm A through i have Thank You, Father. Not only do You call us back, You make a way for us. Thank You. And You make a way even when there seems to be no way. You run to us, You embrace us, You forgive and You restore, and You renew our lives. We thank You today. Father, we do. We surrender and we say yes to You. With all that we are. Thank you for your great grace in our life. Thank you for loving us, saving us, renewing us. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. If you're praying right here at the altar, please don't feel like you have to move or do anything. Stay, spend as much time as you want with the Lord. Just talk. This is your moment. God did something just for you today it's precious, it's special, it's yours, own it, keep it, let him do all that he's doing for you, amen, let's be here, God bless you, we're here at six tonight for intercessory prayer, Tuesday night, we're having our fellowship across the street, hope you can join us, God bless you, we love you, see you for prayer tonight, God bless, thank you Jesus, thank you Father.